1: It's the True Faith Newcastle United podcast. Fulham have been beaten. 1-0 at St. James's Park in the funniest way possible. (laughs) I knew Mitrovic was a Newcastle fan but I didn't know he loved us that much. (laughs) Fucking get in, Mitro. I've slated you for years, but I love you after that. (laughs) Um, and then we score, we score right at the end. Alexander Risak get in 1-0, third in the Premier League, five points clear of Spurs, who are getting battered by Arsenal. As we record, what a week it has been to be a Newcastle United fan, if you ignore Chef by right the way, which I'm going to, because it doesn't matter. Newcastle won the two big, the two most important games this week. Newcastle won and deserved to win both. Didn't concede a shot hardly in either fucking getting i'm buzzing charlotte sy mark cowley with me today to record this the fulham review charlotte how are you feeling after that one my friend
2: i feel great and if we're looking at things on like a rolling seven-day basis we're not even talking about <laughs> sheffield wednesday anymore so i uh, the past week has been <laughs> class um yeah i just feel really good feel like so comfortable in that position that third of in the premier league it's lovely to be here um, the game today was was good. I enjoyed being at St. James's Park. It's obviously a Sunday at 2pm. It's sort of a weird time to have a game, but um, it was good. It was enjoyable. I love to laugh, so I had a good time today laughing at <laughs> Alexander Mitrovich. And uh, yeah, I don't know. I don't know what else to tell you. I just feel excellent.
3: Yeah, yeah. It really, really uh, enjoyable afternoon. I think... Um there was a lot of similarities with the Leeds game in terms of how the game played out, but I didn't feel as frustrated as the game went on, and I didn't feel as um, like the frustration was in Saint James's Park quite as badly as it was against Leeds. Mm-hmm. Uh, I feel like everyone kind of believed that the the game was going to go away eventually, and it did. Obviously, it was the tale of the two the two Alexanders in the end, but um, it was quite an enjoyable occasion. This was um, this was a, a good Fulham side that I think we're expecting to see. A bit more of this time because the last time we got a free hit with the early red card. This time I was like, oh, you know what, Fulham—they've won every single game since uh, since the World Cup. It wasn't going to be an easy one, and it it wasn't. Fulham started quite well, albeit we were the better team from start to finish. It was just a case of again not taking chances. um You know, there's plenty of creation. Very very enjoyable watching us be the dominant team again at St James's Park against a side that are sixth in the league. You know, so all in all, a, re- a really good day out, and I was so pleased to be back, having missed Tuesday with my stupid winter flu or whatever I want to call it and to be honest I still don't feel great but nothing like a like a win at St. James's Park to, to up your spirits mm-hmm. so yeah class
4: Yeah I just agree with everything you've said um, like I say it's last Saturday it's just a, a distant memory now what a week it's been um, I was lucky just to get a ticket just before the game I'm actually so happy I did now but incredible scenes at the end um, when we did go it just felt even though we fully deserved to to win that game in terms of chances created but just felt it might have been a little bit how Leeds played out as you said Sai and just thought getting last 10 minutes, you're waiting time and you just thought, oh, it's going to be another nil-nil here potentially, but then, obviously the goal itself, um, I say grabbing them, but but we've we got it over the line and just, yeah, um, a massive, massive win, really. Um, big three points and how the kind of results have gone over the weekend as well. Liverpool losing again, I think it's 10 points now, clear of them. Bears getting beat again as we speak. Um, so we're opening the gap as well, so yeah, just a, a really, really good day. Unbelievable day
1: Charlotte if you you know if you can't smash a team I'd rather you beat them hilariously yeah <laughs> what the fuck was that from Midrovich?
2: I think he like there's a few theories floating around online now there's theory that he was just can't get down burn dancing out of his head and <laughs> he, he was trying to do a bit of like a one-two step or something like that um I don't know I don't know did we get in his head is he just a Newcastle fan is, is he it w- it hasn't been raining today it can't have been that slippy I don't know but uh, he, he tried to, to, to kick it twice, and that's not how penalties work. Even the Sky Sports presenter didn't seem to fully know that. It was like, might have to retake this. Nope. Nope. <laughs> He's had his go, and he <laughs> fucked it. So <laughs> don't get it, another uh, one.
1: It reeks of Johan Kabai for Palace in what, 2016 when he, you know, ex Castle player comes and misses, takes a shit pen. And uh, at the time, a lot of Sunderland fans thought it was a conspiracy, but it wasn't. Whistle went down. But look <laughs> at what now. Um, Sorry, I mean, you know, it was a ma- it was a massive let off in castle. Let's not lie. It's just, it, I think we deserve that. Look, w- like, yeah. what's your view on it in terms of how it impacted the game?
3: Oh, 100 percent. I think um, you, you could say. I mean, me and Carly discussed in the first half. We thought Fulham looked probably maybe the better side for the first ten fifteen minutes. They, they had a bit of a go, albeit they didn't. I don't think Pope's made a save, but. You know, after that Newcastle were the with a better side. You know, we had the best chances of the first half. Wilson should have us ahead by half time, and I thought we came out in the second half pretty much the same. You know, we were the better side. We were we were finding gaps, we were finding chances, and then the 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 penalty incident came against the run of play, in my opinion, and it was it was all a bit wild. So it was it's just a mental five minutes of football, wasn't it? So the the. I didn't see the actual foul for which the penalty was given. We saw Dan Byrne pull down... Was it Mitrovic? Yeah. Um, and we were like, oh, God, that's a pen. Yeah. And the ref waves it away. You think, oh, brilliant, no pen. And then the, the ball doesn't got out of play for a good two and a half minutes or something, doesn't it? So we've got a corner, Trippi sitting over it, and then obviously they surround the ref and, 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 and call for VAR. And the refs just say, no, 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 no. And then eventually he gets a word and his ear. It's like, actually, yeah, you need to look at yeah, this. That fucking ref. And we're like, for fuck's sake. But I think that the length of time it took for them to be awarded the penalty probably plays into the, I'm going to call it nerves that led to Mitrovic's fuck-up. So yeah, um, it, it, even after the penalty was given, it took ages for things to settle and for them to actually take the penalty. So all of that probably plays into it. Maybe the groundsman's done from the pen spot as well. I don't know. <laughs> like There's lots of lots well, of possibilities, but it was just well. a... Go on, Carly.
4: No, I was just saying, sorry to interrupt that out. Well, the players were obviously around that um, penalty box. It seemed to be aged to actually when it was given to when it was taken. Yeah. Um, Bit of tactical trampling of the spot yeah, as well, Yeah, I look like from where we see him, I can't see it, but it looked like there was plenty of players around it. But um, like you say, just like Kabai, just like Andy Carroll missing an open goal. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Mitchell, he's done, he's done, it takes some effort and some skill to actually do that as well, <laughs> deliberately as well. But he's And meant, score. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs>
1: Well, Nick Pope has gone the right way. So he's, yeah, he's yeah, hitting yeah. it with his right. So we'll probably yeah, save it anyway. Nick Pope's been done out of another famous moments in James' <laughs> Park. But um, <laughs> uh, the, the penalty itself, it, I've watched it back a couple of times now. The, the, there are some angles of it going around on Twitter where you know, people are saying the lad seems to have stamped on on Trippier. Like it depends mm-hmm. what... And this is, this is, again, this is an issue with VAR. Live, it didn't look a pen and we were pretty close yeah, to it. Yeah. You're just like, it's a coming together. They're both, they're both kind of i don't want to say foul each other but they come together and both make contact with each other it's only when you slow that down to the slowest possible way to watch it and it, therefore then it looks deliberate it looks like a penalty i didn't think it was a pen live. i was much more worried about the incident three seconds earlier when dan burn seems to drag Metrovic down from behind yeah. and it would have been a red card but i don't know i don't know it, you know i thought the ref was absolutely shocking at the, end of the day. i'm <laughs> sick of referees Terrible. Coming to St. James's Park willing to slow the game down at every opportunity for the opposition. There was a point in the, mm. the first half, I think, where there was like an issue with a throw-in, and the referee went and spoke to three players. And it's like, this is what Fulham want. They yeah. want you to speak to people about how to take a fucking throw-in.
2: Well, even the penalty, we talked about that. Um, we talked about at the time the penalty being that they were just taking like even we were taking ages to sort out the penalty, and it was like where it was in the game was sort of i I can't remember it was something like 70 odd minutes or whatever coming up on 80 maybe and we were thinking we need this time we need this time to win i think it was 70 wasn't it because it was like it was it was about 20 15 20 minutes left and and it was like stop this like stop this ridiculous conversation with the referee like shut up for them um gifting them this time this time wasting it's just so frustrating but didn't matter in the end
1: it didn't matter in the end. Newcastle got the win. The atmosphere was absolutely bouncing. Twice in a week we've had at St James's Park where the 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 noise from the crowd has just been absolutely deafening. It it's been a great week. You know it's been a great week. Newcastle have hardly conceded a chance. We'll talk more about that in a bit. To to beat who have beaten? Leicester. <laughs> and to beat um Fulham. All these teams are just like much of a muchness to me because they're all shy and they all don't really give a game. Um It it couldn't have gone better, and I suppose it it feels a bit like... I feel like Newcastle raised their game against better sides and big occasions. They raised their game on Tuesday. They raised their game against Man City at home, Arsenal at home last season, Spurs away. And games like today, when sixth-place Fulham, like Sy says, who are the informed team in the Premier League, possibly with the exception of... Well, no, probably no one. Um, I thought Newcastle were just much, much, much better than Fulham, and it's it's almost a different conversation with a different podcast we should be winning if you look at the Leeds game and you even if you look at sheffield wednesday leads um this game and leicester the amount of goals newcastle should score across yeah. those games mm. that may be a problem maybe not a sign
3: i think what's most pleasing about it is that these these fixtures last season were like life or death relegation three pointers uh six pointers um is the phrase isn't it you know um it's it's I'm impressed that we're continuing to win these games when they're when they're just run of the mill league games. That's that's more of a challenge for for Eddie Howe and the team to get the lads up for. You cannot play every game like a relegation life or death. It wasn't going to be sustainable. So we we now just have to play better football and, and win the, the match over the course of ninety minutes against a side that are very good at at, at, at what they do. So it's getting it's it's pleasing that we're getting the results uh, and it is becoming harder. You know we we, we can't play fulham at home like we play a man city at home it's just not going to happen that's not you know teams don't do that but the fact that we're still getting this good performances and match winning performances and dominating performances is, is really really encouraging
1: encouraging it is we're going to break now for some adverts uh, if you don't want to listen to the adverts on true faith warren patron between three and eight pounds a month depending on how much extra of us you want to listen to would love you to come along got loads planned this week building up to crystal palace we'll have craig hope on this week We'll have an extra on this week, and we'll have lots more, including a preview of that Palace game, plus a lot of match day content around Crystal Palace away. Emil uh, Franchi will be there for True Faith. Back after these.
0: We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data
1: I want to start part two probably by continuing what you just talked about there, Si. So if you look at the statistics for this game, which I am going to right now, they're kind of, they're, they're, they're scarcely believable. And I want to kind of reiterate that Fulham came today. I don't think anyone thought it would be an easy game. I don't think anyone was was calling for big wins in this fixture. But Newcastle, 63% possession to Fulham's 37. 20 shots to Fulham's 5. 5 shots on target to Fulham's 0. And, and 10 corners to to Fulham's 5. Cowley, if I start with you, these aren't the kind of statistics. Yeah, you look at the score and you think 1-0, 89th minute. But once again, a, a supposedly good team has come to Newcastle, and I'll argue not threatened. You know, I thought the penalty was a bit soft, was a bit of a joke. It, it shouldn't be this easy, or do you think I'm, I'm being too kind to Newcastle?
4: No, I, I agree with you. Um, even look at the penalty day was against the runner-player, wasn't it? That's If you look at the second half, what other chances did they yeah, create? None. Absolutely nothing. Yeah. Um, in that second half, the only team that looked like to go on and win that game would be us. Um, and it was just a case of breaking down Fulham, who were quite organised again with leads. Um, they, the, they were the same, but we still got chances. We still missed some good chances in them um, games. Um, if you look at Leicester on Tuesday, the amount of chances we have um, in that first half, and let's like say we, it's we can't just always rely on kind of a bit of like Armour on scoring or Callum Wilson scoring. Other players have obviously gotten to contribute that we've seen obviously going on to Isaac today and we'll speak a lot more about him later on um, but like I say we will start, go, hopefully start going more of the chances but it just like I say looks, does look comfortable, teams are not threatening like Pope's not <laughs> like, keeping us in games, he's not making saves, it's not like saying oh if that went in, even it like left to that day when they only threatened when it was 2-0 up and we would pretty much won the game by then um, but today like I say it, it was just a case of if that goal is going to come from us, really. So um, we're just, I suppose, in these types of games, it's to be more clinical. And like I say, it's it games where like this, we're going to just, it could be just one one two 2 really. Like I say, we're not going to hammer teams all the time. Um, obviously, we have done a lot. But, um, but yeah, just, just being that clinical, to be honest.
1: Totally agree. Sorry, si, if there's a player to make us more clinical, it would be the goal scorer. You were absolutely buzzing, weren't you, with his performance?
3: I thought he changed the game. Uh, he really did. Uh, that's not to say Willick was, is a bad player. Uh, I think Willick had a quiet game, to be fair to him. Um, you know, he had, he had a bit of an off day. Um, I, I like that Izak came on at the same time as Max Miggy was still on the pitch. Wilson was still on the pitch. That front four started to make things happen, and I thought Izak was central to pretty much everything we did in that last 20 minutes um he's so quick he's so quick with his feet he's so reactive um his touch is really good he was linking up with Maxi one minute then he was over on the other side of the pitch linking up with Miggy he was trying to make things happen he came on hungry and he got the absolute reward he deserved and it was a obviously you know a one yard out open goal header but I thought he deserved it and he was um he'd be he'd come close in a couple of chances and what I really liked about him which is something that that we saw on Tuesday in terms of um, a bit of intensity, a bit of uh, urgency, get, g- getting out Leicester and trying to score and trying to get into their box. We didn't do that much today against Fulham. I thought we were a bit more, um, a bit more patient in our build-up play, which is fine, you know. Fulham were, were, were there to be respected, but when Isaac came on, he wasn't. He wasn't taking his time. He was very, very urgent, very, very direct in, in running at them, running towards their box, running towards their goal. And a couple of times he had a chance to, to lay it off and he got fouled. He drew some really good fouls for, for free kicks, which, which ultimately nearly, nearly resulted in the goals. Uh, uh, and then we did score, obviously, Um, and he, he scored it. So, yeah, absolutely class. And he, he sort of injected some life into that other front three who were starting to run out of ideas.
1: Yeah, and I really like the fact that hes he, he is just the complete striker, and I know we haven't seen loads of him, but he's comfortable picking the ball up from deep, he's comfortable beating mm. the man, he's comfortable running in behind, he's comfortable scoring with his head in the box, he's comfortable getting in the end of things, he's comfortable creating. Um, he's also really comfortable pissing off Alisson Maximian inside, do you want to talk about that? <laughs> yeah,
3: yeah. Um... So he picks up the ball in the run-up to the goal, and he's got a perfect chance to slot in Maximan. Who, to be fair to Maxi, he's played really well, but he started to look quite tired, and he had just taken a massive hit. You know, he was he was he was looking a little bit hurt. But then he's waving his arms around like he wants the ball. So he he looked a bit angry, but uh, he, he elects to play the ball out wide to was it Trippier? He passes to. Um, who then lays it back to Longstaff? Who uh, my my god, that Sean Longstaff, Alex, he's, he's such a <laughs> player. <laughs> Couldn't have put a better cross in for, for his class Wilson. Class was brilliant, cross, unbelievable ball in. It was a yeah. great cross. But I, I actually thought the uh, the front four worked because Longstaff and Joe Linton dominated that midfield, even though there was just two of them. It yeah. was a really really pleasing display from them at that point. But yeah, um, the <laughs> Maximan not involved in the goal, waving his arms around in disgust at not being passed <laughs> to. But yeah, uh, class, a uh, great great little moment of uh,
1: football. Charlotte, you haven't said this yet on this no. podcast to our many listeners, but you actually, you know, you always had faith, didn't you?
2: I did. Um, I've been saying since this morning that I thought it would be 1-0 and I thought like would come on to score. And I didn't put any money on it <laughs> because I'm an idiot. <laughs> I wish I had. This is like the other week when I put money on Cher um, to get a yellow and every other player got a yellow <laughs> and Cher did not. I'm not very good at betting. It scares me. Um, No, I had faith. I think, you know, what we're seeing at the moment is um, little bits of Alexander Isak, which is how Eddie Howe seems to like um, sort of uh, getting players up to speed with this team. If you remember when we bought Bruno, we would only see him for 10, 15 minutes at a time. Uh, I know Isak's coming back from injury and that's why it's being done this way, but there's also an equilibrium in the team that doesn't need upsetting. We need to see how, how he works with with Callum Wilson I personally never thought we'd see him play up front with Callum Wilson I thought it would be one or the other um but Isaac is just able to sort of link up with him so nicely um he's able to sort of play a bit wider as well and 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 sort of capture the ball there so um yeah I had faith I had faith from the beginning but I'm I'm also you know, I had faith in it. it's kind. It's of sort of arbitrary because it just had a feeling, and what does that mean? It doesn't mean anything. But having seen him play today, and I think, sorry, si, you were saying this before we started recording as well. I'm really excited about the future with him. I think mm. he's an extremely exciting, talented young player, and um, yeah, I think I think we've got some uh, a lot more goals to see from him.
1: Interesting day for Callum Wilson, Carly. We just had a little talk off air about kind of players that influence the game, and Callum Wilson probably has the vast majority of Newcastle's chances, but. Do you think there's there's something there? People are saying maybe he's not as 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 sharp or as fit as he was before the World Cup. Or Do you just think you know what? Let's the fact that the blokes had like four good chances today, quite a few of them created by himself, mm. means he actually had a good game. How do you rate his performance today?
4: Yeah, I think he grew in the game. I uh, didn't really see much of him in the probably first half hour. Uh, we didn't really get the ball to him, um, but I think the last couple of games, I think you'd say he's not been as good as his high standards that he has produced in the pit or he's sharpness really being there yet but but yeah after that his, his first chance which he creating by himself great turn of the keeper should save it he did save it second one again just before half time probably the best chance of the first half again it's all made by himself he's the one who took the touch he's the one turned great turn then it was a bit of a, a bit of a back pass keeper predicts where he's going to go but it's not It's great hits what he's, he's done in the past really but Again, he's he's been part of the goal. He's, uh, second half, he, I thought he was really good at running at them. He'd bring them down a couple of times, um, obviously getting yellow caught, but of the professional fouls, which they were doing. But I think second half, he was a lot lot better, really. And obviously, he was the one who created that goal. But um, I'm not worried in terms of any. I think we've done a pod I forgot, a couple of months before this before the World Cup, and he'd gone a couple of games off of score. And then I think it was, it was a Tottenham game, and he scored and played really well. So I'm not worried at all uh, about him in terms of that um, the sharpness. Again, will will come. He's obviously b- been off in terms of World Cup and not been playing a little bit there. So, um, I'm not. Like I said Isak's going to come in and see how he's going to. What's going to happen there and what's going to link up with, with him and that really. But, but let's like say second half it was a lot better and let's like say he, he, he grew in that game, didn't he?
2: I also think that Callum Wilson is an extremely competitive man, and having Isak back at full fitness scoring goals is going gonna, is gonna to spare him on. I think it's a good thing to have that kind of... He hasn't really had proper competition. Are you
4: not saying Chris Woods' competition?
2: <laughs>
4: <laughs> he did some great running round on yeah. yeah. that. Go it. on, Chris. Yeah. <laughs> <Chris. laughs> <He, he, he laughs>
2: um yeah that's the whole point <laughs> but no i yeah, agree i agree there you, if you're going to be a
4: striker who knows your place is up for grabs here yeah, because then Isak, like, where are you going to fit him really he right. want to be the
1: well th- this is why out. i asked howdy because newcastle play a very very distinct formation interesting today that for the first time in a long time eddie howe goes four-four-two um with isaac and wilson and sean longstaff and joe linton in the middle And then Almiron and A.S. out wide. Now, it's a little bit more fluid than that, particularly when we had the ball, more looked like a 4-2-4. But that is to accommodate both Isak and Wilson. Now, Wilson's place is under threat, not because of anything he's done, but because Isak is a £65 million striker who has played three games for Newcastle and scored, no, four games for Newcastle and scored three times, which is pretty, pretty good. Mm. Um... I just, think, I just think the kid looks sharp. I just think, I feel like when he's on the ball in their final third, something's going to happen. Uh, and like a lot of players who are able to go past defenders, it will work every time. And it didn't work every time today. But I also, like, I'm trying to watch the goal again while recording. And it's just kind of, it's just mental that he's just stood there by himself <laughs> to to knock the ball in but wilson gets the assist and it's already a link up between the two of them for wilson to give him an assist is really positive um you know marco Silva saw what eddie howe did and reacted brought on an extra defender went five at the back and it went it went pretty badly i'm delighted to say from but Hmm. that's the kind of to bring it back to to the team overall that's the kind of you know things that we're able to to do at the minute where you know fulham have come today a lot of people are are saying to me on twitter they thought fulham would give us a game they thought they'd come considering it was kind of a pressure off for fulham with their their results the massive win on thursday night they might come and, and come at us i don't know if it's possible to come at this version of newcastle united because fulham particularly first half did get men ahead of the ball they did get men in the box they did get men out wide they did try and overload and still they didn't create a single goal scoring opportunity and I want to talk about Fabian Schar today because Botman has had, quite rightly, a lot of the praise. I thought Botman was fine today, had a decent game, as he always does. Um, but Fabian Schar today was really, there was a couple of crucial interceptions. He got forward really well. He, he's kind of the one that when we're struggling to break teams down, he really steps up to the middle of the pitch to try and make things happen. He put through the board, the, the kind of one of the Wilson chances in the first half is a Schar run that... Great ball into Wilson. I just, I just An thought it was excellent
2: free kick. A really, oh yeah, really, the free, the really free kick. Free kick it, you yeah. know, to,
1: to 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 be able to knock Trippier off out of that position mm. means you've got to know what you are And he's so unlucky. Newcastle are still, I think, way clear of the hit the post of bar charts this mm. season, which is just incredible. Um, but I thought Shaw was was brilliant today. And, and, and like you said, Charlie earlier, like yet another clean sheet. Mm. You want to say something?
2: Well, I just sort of want to sing the praises of that back for four plus Pope. It's just. Uh, it, it goes back to what I was saying earlier that, you know, someone I was speaking to before the match thought would be 2-2. I just, I can't, like, who, who, how are you going to, Fulham didn't have, did they have any shots on target today? None. None. Zero. None. Like, ha, how are you getting two goals out of that that you're just not going to have the opportunity? And if you do have the opportunity, if you, you know, somehow break through, um, Pope's going to save it. Like, there's just, there's just no question about it. I know we had a bad game at Sheffield Wednesday, like over a week ago, if we remember. It doesn't even count anymore. It doesn't even count. More than seven that days. wasn't Pope. Pope is just, it's <laughs> like, Pope and that back line are just next level. It's a joy. It's, it's
4: funny how they've got a pen that still have not got a shot on targets. <laughs> <laughs> still doesn't go down one because it's
1: disallowed, isn't yeah. it? Yeah. Just thinking um, about the pen, I, I really quite like the fact that Mitch Rich ran off and celebrated. Like, he knows. Yeah. He knows yeah, what's he happened. He knows what's yeah. happened. He at the He knew. He knew, did did <laughs>
2: replay, he knew. He knew it straight away and Pope did as well.
4: Yeah. Just, just on a thing with Shaw is what you said about him in the first half, his frustration coming from a few people even behind us, because um, there wasn't really movement um, in front. It was quite slow. But you're seeing him. it. There one time, which is like, no. And then he played an unbelievable ball, like, to Wilson in behind um I f- forgot I maybe got a corner from it in the end but just nothing happening but at times he just presses forward and he's the one who will try and yeah. go ahead and yeah, try yeah. and make stuff happen yeah, which yeah, yeah. let's say it's, it's good to see um so yeah praise him for that as well
1: it's a good way of putting it make stuff happen because he's always looking forwards but like, he's always looking for a pass he's always looking for a run and quite often looking for a shot if he's got the ball um that high up the pitch Let's talk about something not so positive today. And I don't know who wants to take us away on this one, but Bru- Bruno Gomarish, the whole the whole thing was just a bit weird. Who wants to take the listeners through it?
3: Yeah, I mean, he, he seemed to pick up the injury around like the half hour mark, didn't he? He was down for a while. He got mm-hmm. treatment. Um, he then proceeded to really, really limp around for the next two or three minutes. And we and, and Carly saying, why is he still on the pitch? Why is he just get Maxi on? Surely Maxi can play 60 minutes. Like, you've got to protect Bruno here. But then he started to move a bit better. He looked okay. Then there was the the Nick Pope injury. I'm using quotation oh marks here because oh my God, I'm yeah. pretty sure Nick Pope had nothing wrong with him. It was this.
2: oh, it was incredible. Can I put in? Yeah. It was so. What happened was, um, Mad Dog Tyndall, uh, we had a free kick, and Alex said, "Oh, that's risky," because Tyndall like gestured Pope to come over. Pope sprinted over to him. Absolutely fine. He said something to him. He nodded. He was like, "Right, okay." Went back to his his line and then just sat down. <laughs> He'd obviously been told. We yeah. need some time here. We need to have a look at Bruno. Yeah, Cause exactly.
4: Cause I was thinking, of, he took a goal kick and he's hit, but he, I was like, I "Haven't took a goal kick." Yeah, like not like, what, What's happening? Like, yeah. seen any action. Yeah.
2: He's just sprinted to the sideline. No, no problem. Yeah. Hasn't seen the ball in in minutes. And yeah, uh,
3: they, they bought themselves about five minutes to give to Bruno some proper treatment. Yeah, because <laughs> really, they put really bizarre. Yeah, but um, yeah, and then you could still see that he wasn't right, and we knew we knew the sub was coming at half time, But yeah, it's not. Nobody likes to see our, our best, our best midfielder leave the the stadium in on crutches. Mm. So, obviously, fingers crossed, it's not too bad. But I, I, it does feel like we're going to be without him for at least a, a week or two, if it's even if it's just a, a twist or a sprain. So, yeah, um, bit of a disaster because he's, he's such a key player for us. And the fact that we don't really have any of the midfielders on the books. Um, what what happened afterwards worked. You know, I thought second half we were fine. We managed it. We've got three fit midfielders now, so we cannot. Absorb any more injuries, Mm. but we've also got this this nice problem to have in the front three of of of, well, who then comes in because Willock will drop in the midfield. It's now a case of Isaac or um, or Maxi, both who played particularly.
1: I'm so pleased that the club did not suspend Joe Linton. (laughs) 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 No midfielders left. Um, You know, I agree. They need to buy a midfielder. I think yeah. I think going into this transfer window, a lot of fans would have said the same that they need they need to buy a midfielder. There's a lot of pressure on those players to stay fit for fortunately kind of since October everyone has stayed fit. Sorry. I,
3: I would say though that, that when we were down at two midfielders, Sean Longstaff did the job of two midfielders and he was excellent today. So you know, it's uh, you know we can, we can manage. We can manage.
1: You say that's like I don't like Sean Langs. I've been he's been absolutely class this season. He's been really really good. I just think his finishing shit. I don't think yeah. it's a controversial statement. And <laughs> he did he did launch one under like strobe, yeah.
3: strobe yeah. place with <laughs> no, his left foot. Never let him shoot again. That's Sean. He'll do
4: that. Never He'll, let him shoot with his left foot yeah. again, yeah. please. Yeah. I don't,
1: don't let think let he's going to now. I don't think he's going to now. He's yeah, could yeah. have had I a mean, hatter against Leicester in the first half. Yeah, yeah. Um, <laughs> but but he did he did he did play well. I, I, I agree with you side that. You know, you, we don't have to talk about men of the match because because we're one and everyone played really well. But Joe Linton is just—he's just everywhere, isn't he? And it, it is like you say. We can play. I mean, I think Fulham basically went like five-two-three, so there was only two there. But with the wing backs, um, Joe Linton is two men in midfield. He's, yeah. He is two. Yeah. He is two men in midfield. He was he was absolutely brilliant today. You know, you didn't know how he was going to be psychologically. Um, Eddie Howe said pre-game that he was very very upset um he's aware of what he's done and I'm, you know a, pe- a few people asked me on twitter whether i are play him game i said i'm just gonna go with what eddie howe does but uh, but ultimately thought newcastle you know completely deserved the win without bruno without bruno it's like it's a little bit of adversity we don't have that much adversity in front of us in games this season the other team aren't particularly providing the adversity apart from you know blocking shots and making things difficult and wasting time I agree with you, sir that Newcastle were, were by far the better team second half. And it's kind of, this is one of the good things about how, isn't it, that players can come in, but it's not necessarily, you know, that mm. relevant. You know, where Jacob Murphy comes in this season, does great. Sean Longstaff doesn't play start of the season, comes in, does great. And, and and another player, Sven Botman doesn't start the season. Dan Burns come in left back and done great. Players can fit into the system because they're so well coached. And we mm. saw that with Bruno today. Just Crystal Palace, I think, in the next three Three, two weeks, three weeks. So it is a it yeah. is a bit of time for him to recover league wise. We obviously want him playing against Southampton in those two semifinals. I don't I don't quite understand why he wasn't taken off. Um yeah. I definitely saw him on forty four minutes make the substitute thing with his fingers. Charlotte, you spoke to some journalists who said he'd been making that.
2: Yeah, he'd been looking over at the sideline and saying, I can't keep going or or making a like please get me off sign. Apparently a couple of times. I personally missed it. I I saw him do that towards the end of the first half, and we were talking about it. Um, and he was say we were saying, well, they'll want half time for a sub to properly warm up and properly get on, so they'll probably just try and and you know eke it out. But he just like to, by the end of the first half, he was just kind of like staying put, like wasn't really moving. And and you can see how much it pains him as well. Well, like physically and mentally, because he's such a like team player and competitive man that when he was coming off he was crying, but Joel Linton was helping him off. But yeah, I agree. I think it's a strange one to not have brought him off. But you've got to assume that in that weird Nick Pope fake injury moment that they spoke to him and he said no I want to play on at that point. You've got you, to assume that, that happened. You couldn't
4: imagine him just if he's really a massive pain. Well, he's all, so it's when he's obviously come off injured and then he's hobbled back on you think uh-huh. that's it it's got to be but he wants to try and find right. to get through this and see how i feel the next run, well, run it off as they say but um yeah. but yeah and then he looked he, he was moving more freely and he's probably wanting to, to carry on thinking but then again it's always probably in his head and it's it probably has been uncomfortable and he thinks i'm going to try and get through this but like i say he's not beat as influential as he had but probably be, because of it to be honest but yeah you think if you want to come off early he's just he's going to say get us off but yeah it is a strange one
3: being part of a winning team isn't it like you, you, you don't want to come off um, yeah. I mean Bruno's not going to lose his place will, yeah. if he recovers he'll be back in the team but th- there is that kind of element if you don't want to miss out on big results and big games and easy you know I'd, I'd, I'd imagine under um, previous managers I'll not mention particular ones this time but you know the players <laughs> would be half injured I'm like yeah just get us off I'm, I'm done here whereas like nobody wants to to be pulled out of a game for this yeah. for this side and it's, it's like it's it's quite heartbreaking when you see how upsetting he finds it to, to have to to have to come off the pitch.
2: To your point, Alex, though, just the way that the whole team deals with it and, like, adapts to a totally different structure is just inspiring. <laughs> is well, like, well, too well, much? It's,
1: well, no, it, if it inspires you, Charlotte, so be it. Like, <laughs> like, I'm up for it. And I think even after the penalty, like, listen, the, the penalty is so ridiculous. It's such a big let-off that... It, it would embolden any side, but I just love the fact that all of our players were just like, right, get the fucking ball back, and we're kicking off. We're not arguing with the ref. We're not arguing with Fulham players here. We're not, you know, waiting for VAR to check it. It's just get the fucking ball down and let's beat these cons because <laughs> that's that's what we did. There's just <laughs> there's, su- there's such a there's such a will to win, um, and and there's also that that belief that comes from just battering teams. You know, I talked about it already, but Newcastle battered Fulham today. They didn't get the goals. They probably should have more shots on target than they do. Five out of twenty. Isn't loads, but ultimately, it's just it's another game at St James's Park. Probably, is it every single game since, like maybe the you know Bournemouth got a point that was mm. that was probably a, in that weird weekend of the Queen's death that you know Bournemouth probably knew, I thought Newcastle probably should have won and, and they hit the bar and all that kind of stuff. But every single game at St James's Park since has just been a procession, and then mm. it's only like you know Chelsea was 1-0, and then 0-0 against Leeds and 1-0. We've kind of forgotten how to score a little bit at home. Mm. We should have beat Leicester by much more than two. But it'll come if you keep creating chances. It it will come. Let's talk and finish off just about the context of the win then, because for me, it's absolutely huge. Newcastle find themselves in third position, equal on points with Manchester United. Uh, Spurs, who are currently losing 2-0 at home to Arsenal, are five points behind. Uh, I mean, Cowley, would you agree with me that in terms of the top four race, there is only there is only Spurs now who can catch Newcastle and deny us Champions League qualification. Chelsea and Liverpool are both ten points behind Newcastle and both look an absolute shambles. Is it is it that is it that simple to say it's Newcastle's to lose now top four?
4: I think so. Um, if you look at like the performance of Liverpool yesterday, just how can they put a drink like run results together the way they're playing? chelsea and miles off it um just i think gone through over one nil got three points today but burrs again we said off air as well t- what their performance is un- unsustainable in terms of how if you come from one two behind to to get wins it's and it just doesn't seem that much of a happy camp in tim de Conte there so i think s- i don't even worry too much about but well they're going to get results so we've still got to worry a little bit about them. but i feel like that's probably the five in it at the minute. I think it is ours to kind of lose at the moment. Um, and like I said, th- this game, I think it's just, uh, it's a massive win in the fact that people, we said it ourselves, it's a bit like, oh, the Leeds game where we couldn't break them down. It was a nil-nil and we felt, oh, it's going to be the same here. And if Newcastle really want to get Champions League, they've got to beat teams like Fulham at home. Um, but we've seen, like Fulham, i say, not, not a bad side, but, um, I was looking before the game and they'd, con- I think, conceded a last-minute goal against my United. And my United won, Man City won last minute against them. Arsenal won dead late in the last five minutes against them. We've done it as well. So I um, you could probably say they're a bit unlucky in, in the fact that they've had... The, but we're going to get these afternoons where we're not, let's like say, at our best and teams are going to be organised. We're going to try and break... We're going to have to break teams down like we did. But to get a result, yeah, it's just it's a huge win. But let's like I say, I, I think it is. It's awesome to lose at the minute.
1: So you were saying, uh, walking up to this office that we were recording, um, that, you, you you know, you were kind of not even hoping for an Arsenal win. You're still looking up ahead of Arsenal thinking, well, you never know. I think you you want a
3: draw, don't you? you? want every every possible option for the rest of the season to be open. If Arsenal beat Spurs, you really think that's it's going to be... Nine points clear the goal, yeah. yeah. It's, it's too much, especially for us. Man said you can probably put together 18 wins on the bounce. I don't think we're quite good enough to do that. Um, yeah, it's... I, I'm worried about Spurs you know there's still some really good players there and they can win lots of games and um, it, it really does come down to if we if we can kick on from here now because Fulham were a, a probably a bigger challenge than we thought they were going to be they made it difficult and it took us till the last minute. Um, we do need to beat teams like Palace, like West Ham you know the, we did it against Leicester though you know the, we, we, we've we kind of shown that the weaker teams in the league we, we can put them to the sword when we need to. We did it at Brentford did it at Fulham last time We've done it at the Villa, you know, we can we can smash these teams if we need to, we've got a bit of momentum going. So it's it's within our gift to do that. But having seen the Leeds game and having seen how teams come to St. James's Park terrified of what we'll do to them, we have to continue to evolve and continue to learn how to to beat those teams because you right. You have to beat them. We could have come away with a draw here and actually three draws in a row. That's not the form that gets you in the Champions League. You have to have to keep winning games. So I believe we can do it. We probably do now need to look at the transfer market and add a little bit of, of depth because um, there will be more injuries. We've got two cup games next week and, and yeah, it's it's going to be, it's going to be, uh, it's going to be interesting. I'm, I'm, I'm very hopeful and optimistic, but it'll take some effort to continue to win the amount of games it takes to get Champions League football because that's, that's what it's about.
4: And one thing there, we have got a nice set of fixtures on paper, mm. going into, like I say, the Palace, West Ham, Bournemouth. Yeah. Um, and Liverpool at home, who's easy three points at the minute as well. <laughs> so, um, <laughs> So yeah, it's, it'd be good if, like I say, to get as many points in them games game and to open that gap even further, really. But yeah, say I think hopefully maybe in a bit more of a rush within transfer now just with what's happened with Bruno to get someone.
1: Absolutely. And, and, and I'm pleased you brought those pictures up because it's Palace, West Ham and Bournemouth next. All teams in the bottom eight. If you are a Champions League team, it's your bread and butter. I think Liverpool only failed to win one game last season against the bottom 10. Now, Liverpool very good last season, not very good this season, but that's you've got to turn these victories out. Fulham aren't that, you know, Fulham are, are, are six in the league, but mm-hmm. the, these teams that were coming up, I mean, through the two Southampton games in there as well, and Southampton are, are still in the relegation zone, I think, but in a decent form, you know, that's that's kind of five games in a row. You'd be looking for four wins there as a minimum type thing, you know, maybe three wins and a couple of draws to keep the momentum going, to keep that little cushion now because that's what you want to keep. We've then got Liverpool, which is, you know, questionable whether it's a hard fixture. Maybe it will be by the time it comes around. Liverpool, Brighton uh, and Man City um, kind of three weeks or two weeks at the end of February that should be a tough run of games you want to go into that run of fixtures that even if it goes badly and I don't think it will where class most of those teams aren't um, you've set yourself up and I suppose that's what we've done today for Palace next week because before this fixture all of the attention is on the semi-final everyone's talking about it, people are talking about Wembley everyone I know has booked hotels at least for (laughs) Wembley, we've booked trains lots of people have boot transport because they're just thinking even if even if somehow we don't get past southampton it's still worth it to make sure that like, you can get there comfortably and affordably um it just sets up southampton uh, palace really nicely because newcastle have got that gap now they've got that five point gap to spurs mm-hmm. you can still draw against palace i think we'll win but you can still get a draw against palace and it's okay you're still comfortably in the top four and then you've got those two fixes against Southampton, which are absolutely huge. So they've, they've just set it up so nicely. I'm so pleased for everyone today that we've won so
2: well. I just want to take stock of this. And we, as we were walking down, I think I said it on our instant reaction for patrons, but where we were a year ago, Yeah, a year ago, it's not like a couple of years ago. It's a year <laughs> ago that we were like, God, I hope we we'll win. We'd need these three points. We're worried about relegation, like looking was over. It ocean. was Watford at home. Yeah, it was, what, was exactly a year ago. It was
1: exactly a uh, year. Charlotte, can you, can you, Remember me more desolate. Yeah. Walking out Watford, that grounds. After
2: Watford and, and you were like, That's it, I don't think we're gonna do this. And I was yeah. like, No, no, I think we still can. And then it was Leeds at the end of January. Well
1: went then went to Saudi Arabia for. Yeah, I went to Saudi Arabia,
2: reasons. got a tan, <laughs> and uh dog got a tan. And then we came back and beat Leeds and that was like the, the turning yeah, point turning for a lot point. of people. But no, I
3: we beat Leeds before Saudi. Did we? The, oh, the Leeds was, win, yeah. then Saudi trip, and then we went and won like five in the in a row.
2: You're absolutely right. He's right. He's right. But Your memory fails you.
4: We, d- we did look at like fixtures against, like, say, Leeds, Burnley, and say, oh, who's going to win that game? Like, we need it for us kind of thing. But now, yeah. nice to look at like Man U, Man City, and Arsenal. It's crazy. I just wanted to
2: take a moment and take stock of that.
4: I
1: don't think there's any craziest stat. There's other this, But Newcastle United are currently one point behind Manchester City at
5: this stage of the season.
3: It's just nice again. We're playing Palace next week. I have to keep looking at the table to see wh- where the fuck are they in the league because yeah. I haven't got a clue. Like the bottom mm. half is meaningless now. Whereas last year it was like fuck Leeds are eleventh. That's a tough game. And it's like oh Burnley are Burnley are seventeenth. That's a t- you know that it was, I don't have a clue who's doing well in the bottom half anymore. Like it's just yeah. it's it, all all about all about the uh, our rivals in the top six. And it's just nice to be back amongst it, isn't
2: it? When we when we drew Southampton, I was like, "Oh, I'll have a look at where they're bottom. What? Like, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> just, oh right, okay, brilliant." <laughs> I knew that were not having a good season, but like you say, you just don't. I don't pay attention to the to bottom of the table. They're not still not be, interested.
4: Still be Evan though. Yeah, and, well, then, well, and that's the thing.
1: You can watch these fixes just laughing, just like I laughed at Midwich today in that penalty. What a win for Newcastle. We're all buzzing. Hope you are all at home. Nice little week off for the lads now ahead of Palace on the tally next Saturday night. We have got a live show coming up 7th of February at the stand. Already over 200 tickets sold, which is insane. Come and join Charlotte and I with George Culkin, Keith Downey, Craig Hope and Mark Douglas. It's going to be a great night. We'll have the podcast for you afterwards as well. And thanks for listening to the show. We'll love it. We're on Patreon. We've got a full Crystal Palace uh, thing coming up this week. Preview, that's what they call them. Preview. We've got loads going on, loads more analysis of this game. We'd love to have you along. Three to eight pounds a month. Come and join us.